Well, hello, Dwayne Grumman here with Allie Alberigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, it's great to be with you today, and also uh, our special guest, which uh, obviously he's a friend of yours, so we're going to allow you to uh, introduce uh, him to everyone, and so yeah. I'm excited. So, Allie, tell us who we got on the line with us today. Yeah, well, let me tell you, this is one of my good buddies, and we go back, gosh, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, we've traveled to Japan together. Um, we have had such an amazing, you know, history. He's come out, hung out at my house, and um, he's just an incredible guy, good friend, really down-to-earth person, um, but really, uh, you know, a world-renowned public speaker, um, a best-selling author, been interviewed on TV shows like Larry King Live, and man, the list goes on and on. I could spend 25 minutes just talking about his accolades <laughs> and accomplishments. It's pretty amazing. His name is Mel Abraham, and Mel, welcome to our show, and thanks for being here with us. Hey man, thanks for thanks. For, I know we've we've talked about doing this, so it's it's great to be here and it's great to have a chance to uh, to connect, man. It's been a while, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember the time when uh, you came over my house, and uh, I'm, you're the only one ever in my life that I let test drive and take around the block my Viper, and you went out there and drove <laughs> it. And, and now we're Tesla buddies because we both have Teslas. Um, so uh, yes, it's kind of cool. We still are. We're kind of weak with cars, right? Like that's part of our infatuation and fun right so uh but anyway yeah. so I, i'm honored to have you here and and you know the industry and by the way mel is also a black belt um and had run a school for quite some time um taught all over the world as well so he's a martial artist he knows martial arts he knows martial arts life and running a school and so on um but um now you're involved with so much stuff when it comes to coaching others and um helping them craft their message and i'm a big fan of your dojo influencer on facebook i watch all your videos yep. um such great information i've been on so many of your seminars and you're you're hanging with all the big boys too like you're hanging with all the guys who are the launch the guys who are like um they do internet launches worth millions of dollars right they're making tons yep. of money overnight yep. in their sleep and and um you're part of that whole entire crowd and i just love that fact that uh you're here with us to share that with us. Ali, I was going to Thank say you. that's an insult to Mel because uh, they're hanging out with him. That's the, the truth, the though. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, 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 and true, 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 Mel. So, so tell us a little bit about what your journey has been and what you've been doing. And, and let's kind of like uh, our goal is to help our, our clients really understand how to share a message, you know, how to how to literally get the word out there amongst all of this stuff, the confusion of social media, what do you do? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, Twitter, like what are all, what are these things that, especially for school owners, because I, I can tell you this, I know we're all going crazy listening to all the gurus telling us what to do, and we're out there trying to do it, and I think we're just bogged down with so much junk. What really is working? What do you suggest? How, you know, I mean, I'm giving you a broad, broad uh, stroke of yeah. painting the brush right now. So, so I mean, I, I guess I guess a little bit about my journey. First things first, I started out as a CPA, which I I still am um, a CPA. Right. Uh, but but what I realized is that you know a lot, a lot of times CPAs they spend all their time looking in the rearview mirror. They're trying to tell people what you've done. You're filing tax returns. You're telling them you know you had a bad year or whatever. But it, it wasn't productive for me. For me. I wanted to build things. I wanted to see people's dreams come alive. I wanted to see them to be able to say, 
this is what I want to do with my life. This is the kind of impact I want to have, the influence I want to have, the legacy I want to create, and help them help them create that. And so, so through that process, I started to get into some of these other these other elements and saying, what are the skills and talents and and tools that I know as a financial advisor, as a business coach, as a as a mentor that I can help with other folks. And here's Here's the interesting thing, and I think this goes well for some of the stuff that we want to talk about, is what I realized, and I'm a left-brain thinker. As an accountant, I wanted columns and rows, and I want the numbers to add up, and everything needs to be organized. But in reality, in reality, what I am seeing is that that those businesses that thrive, those businesses that are going to make a difference and, and really grow are the ones that get the right brain right. The right brain part of it's uh, correct, where they they're able to marry the logical side with the emotional side, where they're able to connect with with their students or with their folks at the emotional level as well as the logical level. And I and I think that what we're seeing in society today and what we're seeing in in the markets today is this whole element of of technology. You know, we've got technology between us now. There's a gift in technology because it allows you and I to see each other and have a conversation as if we were sitting in the room. But there's a burden to technology because it allows people to to disconnect. And, and in, right. a, in a connected society, we're, we become disconnected. And, you know, I was doing – I don't do a lot of it anymore, but, you know, back in the day when I was doing protective detail work, I literally I've got two friends that I actually still do it for – and one of them, I was I was walking her through a crowd of 21,000 people, and this will give you an idea of how disconnected our society is. And she she asked me to do this because the year before they provided security and their security sucked. Okay, right. So I went right. with her, and literally, literally, I would get past the people, and they would look up from their phones and go, "Oh my God!" And we'd already passed them. They were so <laughs> ingrained in their technology that they've disconnected from from society and from the humanity of it. And, you know, my job was pretty easy because the, the phones yeah. kept them busy and they weren't looking up. Wow. And and, and I think that, that this is one of the challenges in our businesses and, and our roles today is say, how do we connect in society? How do we connect with our customers? How do we connect with the people that are coming into our schools, the people that are coming into our businesses, and do it at a deep level and not hide behind technology, but utilize technology in the the means in which we allow people into our soul and see what we're about. Yeah, that's profound because I quite often, you know, I think my um, my one of my sentences that I've been caught using for like the last 15 years is people just don't get it, right? They're not listening. Like I always make a joke, like in that old um, Little Rascals, they used to have a boxing glove that was telescoping and it would hit people in the face. I, I say, I hand out people, I hand out flyers, I do Facebook, I, I post the schedule, I send them emails, I send them text messages, I do video chat to tell them that we're closed on this coming weekend. And 10 or 20 of them will show up anyway. And I go, I literally have to have that boxing glove, hit him in the head and leave a reverse <laughs> sticky note. So, but I, I often find myself going like, why do I bother? Like, but I love what you're saying. Like, how do you connect at that deeper level? This is such an amazing thing that excites me. So please share more with that. 
there's a there's a thing I think where we we can look at and this one of the challenges that I think in, in the school I remember when I had my school I used to sit with my instructors and you know I would ask the question what are we selling and their response was well self defense you know jujitsu right. martial arts mm-hmm. and and when it comes down to it that's a commodity. Right. It really doesn't matter the style. It doesn't matter what it is. It says, so let me ask the question a different way. What is it that we want our our kids, our students, and our parents to feel or think every day when they leave the dojo? And and we went round and round and we came down to one word and that's cared for. Yeah. Well, I guess that's two words, but caring right. is, is, is that. And I said, so now let's, let's now re-ask the question. If I'm going to step on the mat and I'm going to teach two techniques tonight, how would I teach them differently if the objective is to make sure that the, the student and, and the parent feel cared for when they walk out? And would I approach it differently? And I think the answer is yes. Actually, I know the answer is yes. And so when we approach it and we don't confuse the commodity with the true gift that we're given, the, the true transformation, the true uh, product, which is carry, you know, then, then when we approach it that way, we will think about how do I make my market feel cared for in all my communications, whether it's whether it's digital, whether it's print, whether it's out in the doing a demonstration, whether it's doing testing, whether it's uh, having a new prospect come in, if that becomes part of my core values, that high value, we start to to relate them differently, and it doesn't become uh, something more of a commodity. And I think that's that's where where we need to start is start to get really clear. Uh, what is the true product that we're we're selling? My CPA, my consulting business. The it was the same thing. A tax return is a tax return. It's 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 a commodity. It's uh, black ink on on a white page that we send in. The true product, though, is trust. Yeah. And so if I approach it realizing that. What I am selling is trust. I'm going to approach the messaging differently. I'm going to approach the the uh, prospect differently. I'm going to approach the whole project differently. And and I think this is the first place that we need to to start to reconnect with what is the truth behind what it is we're selling. Wow, Dwayne, you want to? Can I ask you? Yeah, I was going to ask a question with regards to that. So. Obviously, for your uh, establishment and your instructors, that's what you guys came up came up with, with with regards to being cared for. But with that being said, that is what your truth is, if you will. And the next question is, what is the truth for the actual client? Because when it comes down to it, yeah, I think cared for is is important, and that client may want to be cared for. But if the child's being bullied, um, well, I guess maybe I answered my own question. If a child's being bullied by teaching them how to defend against the bully, you're teaching them how to be cared for. Uh, if the child needs self-esteem by teaching them the self-esteem, then the child, you know, you're, you're teaching, you're showing that the child is being cared for. So never mind. I think I answered my own question. 
but but I, I I do want to play devil's advocate on this only because like I and I agree with you. I wrote the note down. I love it. It's just inspirational. Like that's the problem with with myself and Dwayne and yourself. Like we get an idea and boom, we're off to the races. Like, but uh, but um, so so I'm communicating. I think that I'm tr- I'm doing my best to communicate that message. But in this world we live where everything is so, you know, they're inundated with white noise, right? Like everything is coming at them. And how do you break through to get people to really believe that your, your, your message is worth listening to, that you are there to care for them? What, when they don't look at us as, cause I think the, what happened with the martial arts was that it kind of became a commodity. Like years ago, it was yeah. like an honor to be with your sensei and you respected him. You carried his bags. You treated him differently than the average everyday person. People looked up to them. Now it's like, hey, I just dropped my $140 a month. I paid you. You give me what I paid for. There's not any of that mysticism. There's really not that connection um, as, I mean, as much as it should be. So how do you get people to, to really listen and, and, and how do you open up their brains? I, I think um... – I think what you're talking about is actually a, uh, a micro uh, view of what's happening in society. I, I think that we've right. lost um, the respect that we should have for our elders. Right. And, and right. so, so one, one thing is, is it, it becomes a societal problem because we don't, I mean, we, you know, in other cultures, we revere, they revere their elders. They mm-hmm. revere the journey that they've been on, the experience they've been on. So, so one of the challenges becomes it's a challenge of values, and, right? And really espousing values. And I know that you have core values in your dojo, and 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 that type of thing. The question is, is and I don't question it for you. It's it's being really clear that that we're values driven, and right. in the construct of of we are going to commit to these and this is what we're going to live by. And when the values are violated, they, they realize the, the consequences of them. And I think mm. if we can get, get clear on it, that, that becomes one thing. But let's just talk about how do we do this in, in a, from a tactical standpoint. Um, and there was something that was published in, uh, it's it's a, a book. It's no longer a print. It, it's 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 decades and decades old. Called uh, Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz, and and he talked about the level of market sophistication or saturation, um, and he talked about something else that's called the level of market awareness. And and what I think we need to think about is when we when we're talking to our customers, our clients, our prospects, or just the marketplace that we need to meet them where they're at and and where their level of awareness at is. And let me give you an example. Is that someone may have an idea of what martial arts is, but but they they don't really like I remember I wanted to to join the martial arts a lot younger than I ever did because I saw a judo demonstration at a at a local park and my mom, my mother, you know, didn't understand what it was. Uh, and except that she understood it was fighting. She says, I'm right. not going to teach you, I'm not going to teach you how to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly didn't understand it. And so she would, she would be what, what I would call, uh, in the, the base group of being unaware, completely unaware. 
And, and you can't speak to an unaware market or an unaware prospect in the same way that you can speak to someone that has some awareness. And what I think we do is we try to have the same conversation with everyone. But right. what we'll tend to do, and we'll, we'll bring this full circle of what I think we can do as, as owners and school owners uh, to, to bridge this gap, and you see it. You see it in the work in, in my weekly videos because we're literally building this out. Because the idea of at the unaware market, our focus of content, our focus of conversation has to be on the idea acceptance. That we got to get them to accept the idea. In other words, we, we need to get them to think differently. And one of the ways to do that is, is what we call thought reversal or perspective videos or perspective content where you're saying, here's what we should do, here's how, how it's done, here's my view on it, and here's why this works. Now, all of a sudden, if, if you look at any of my videos, where, like I have one video that I say, you know, the mar- your marketing dollars are probably going to cost you, uh, cost you money and they're going to cause you to go broke. And it's because you're speaking to a deaf audience. They don't hear you. And so now a lot of people, a lot of folks will say, because I think I start the video saying marketing doesn't matter because I knew it's going to, it's going to shock them. What do you mean marketing doesn't matter? Well, it doesn't matter if it's not being heard, if it doesn't land. And here's why it's not landing because you're speaking to the wrong market in the wrong language. And Mm -hmm. so what we need to do is at the outset, create enough information or content or conversations around those people that may be unaware of why martial arts, why martial arts is best for self-esteem, for confidence, for balance, for coordination, but also for, for uh, discipline and, and determination. All the things that they may be looking for, they may be looking for other solutions, but the solution that we want to give them is the martial arts. And so what that will do is move them from unaware to the next level, which is called pain aware. In other words, what we're going to do is reveal in the process the problems that they sit, they face. Your child's being bullied. Your child's not uh, not paying attention. Your child's not focused. My child is disrespectful. Those kinds of things. They go, yeah, yeah. So what ends up happening at the pain aware level? Now we have content. So you're, what we're going to see if you if you start to build this in layers that extends the pain. In other words, in other words, if I have a four-year-old that's acting this way, what happens if we do nothing and we get to, to 10 or 12 years old? Right. Versus what we can do to, to shift it. So we create content, um, conversations, videos, and content that deal with the consequences of not act. So a lot of people hear the, the term, you know, return on investment. Right. You know, ROI, which is great. But let's talk about COI, which is what I call the cost of inaction. And, and if we don't get them to realize, so if I get them first to become aware of martial arts as a solution to these problems, that's not enough. Now we've got them aware of the problems. We can then say, guess what? Here's the deal. If we don't fix it, here's what's going to happen three years down the road, five years down the road, ten years down the road. But here's what can happen for you. And now one of the ways to do that is case studies. It's um, examples of your own students and, and turnarounds. I, you know, I've had kids that have come in that were failing in school, and they've, they've picked it back up, and, and they've got now a system and a process to be, 
to be confident, to be focused, and to have that discipline. So what happens then is that I move them from unaware to pain aware. Now we want to, now we're going to put the solution in front of them. And the solution is you. Mm-hmm. The problem is that in most cases what we're doing is we're starting at the solution aware level. But if I have someone that doesn't understand that we, we are the solution, doesn't understand that there is the pain in their world, or doesn't even understand that martial arts is more than just kicking and punching like my mom thought it was just, it was just, you know, kicking right. and punching and there's more to it, then talking about a solution that they don't need or they don't think they need isn't going to work and we don't connect with them. Well, yeah. So, yeah. so, so we need them to understand why martial arts is a solution. Now we can have the conversations three levels up. And this is where we start to, to build in the value, the examples even deeper, where we look at it and say, like, for instance, in my case, I'll, I'll turn around and, and use a different example where I look at it and say, if you want to be an expert in a field, you can be a dabbler down here. You can work real hard, or you can be the expert or the influencer. So I start to create this ladder. You can do the same thing with your, your kids and your families and saying, look, I can have that kid is that, that's addicted to video games that is, is in, not necessarily that introversion is, is a negative thing, but is socially awkward, that, that doesn't have the ability to, to interact, that has no relationships, or I can move them up and give them skills that allow them to see themselves as, as confident, um, disciplined, socially, um, socially connected, all these things that you want to have. So you create this, this, this element for them to see that they can get to. Um, this is when you can have the conversation and the sales conversation or the conversion conversation with them. The problem is I think that we, we start that conversation too soon. So in my mind, and I don't have, I don't have the school anymore. I had it for uh, 11 years, um, but then I moved south about 100 miles. But if I were starting a school today or if I had a school today, what I would do is I would start creating, just like you see on my, on my, uh, um, my weekly content and the work that I'm doing right now in this yeah. space, I would, I would put out regular content at these different awareness levels. I would put out a video on YouTube that, uh, and I would put it on Facebook and I would put it on, on Instagram. I would literally just do the video and, and post it in all the different places that is speaking first to the unaware crowd and, and saying, look, you know, martial arts is, is more than punching and kicking. And here's, here's what it is. I would do another video around the pain and, and, and extending the pain and the consequence. I would do another blog. When I say video, you can use it synonymously for blog posts. Uh, it can be written. It can be video. It can be audio. I would put another one at the pain level, pain aware level, and at the solution aware level. Now what we're doing is, is we're filtering people through your content and starting to move them up the ladder so when we have real conversations with them, they're fully aware. Does that make sense? Totally. What do you think, Dwayne? Yeah, it does. It, it kind of jogs my uh, creative process with regards to uh, bullying just because October um, is more like Bully Aware Month. I know that there's a bully 
week in October somewhere. But that would be something for us as uh, school owners to talk about is, you know, how how martial arts um, is way more than kicking and punching the bully. And uh, then, you know, kind of would you consider would you consider doing that where there's a video that goes to an opt-in that gives them more information on how martial arts does that so that there is a progression with regards to, you know, unaware and then pain aware and then solution aware. Yeah. So here's, here's, here's the way I would do it. Cause let, let's just assume October we're in the, you know, close to the middle of September already. Gosh, where's the time going? Crazy. Um, crazy. Right. So, uh, so, they tell, I had a buddy tell me that as you get older, it's like a roll of toilet paper. It just starts going faster and faster and faster. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would start That's today. A crazy thing. I would literally, <laughs> I would literally start today and, and, and put videos out. And why I like, let's just talk about why I keep using videos. Because if I use videos in YouTube or I use videos and this gets a little technical, but, um, uh, on Facebook, I can track the people that viewed them. Sure. And, and because I can track the people that viewed them, I can then turn around and say, hey, they watched the first video. I'll put the second video in front of them. So I'm already playing to a warm crowd. So watch how I would play this out. Is that we're in the first couple of weeks of, of uh, we're in the second couple of weeks of, of September. I'd start putting videos around bullying out, to raise the awareness of the problem, to raise the awareness of, of the issues, to raise the awareness of of the possible solutions. And I would start putting those videos out. I would I would track I would track the views on those videos. I would track the views on those videos and then I would create a second study. So I would do about two weeks of videos right now just around the bullying concept and, and not talking about, um, not talking about selling, not talking about martial arts, not talking about anything, but getting them to realize that bullying is a problem. And it's a problem that permeates society and that transcends years and has consequences that go beyond the bullying moment, but go beyond that so now all of a sudden people that have that interest in that now we put a second set of videos out and you know, i'm only talking like one or two or three videos max we put another set of videos out that talk about how to get it solved or what happens if it's not solved but we put those videos in front of the same people so i'd be two weeks of what i call uh warm-up or runway two weeks of, of informational videos in the process of that you can, at the end of the video, do one of a couple things. You can have them go to an opt-in and download a kind of a – what works really well is like a bullying assessment or something like that. Um, you can have them say, I'm going to – if you know that you're going to do a specific training on the three things to do if your child's getting bullied, uh, then what you can do is, is simply – and I did this with, with a launch recently – Say, you know what, in October, bullying week is coming up, and October for that week, I'm going to do a, a uh, I'm going to teach you the three or five things, uh, one a day, um, that you can do for your, your kid if they're getting bullied. If you want to be notified for that, just click this link. You get them to opt in, they're on a wait list, and now we can send them an email, uh, an email to let them know that, uh, that, uh, 
when when the thing opens up okay so so there's a couple of ways to do it so at, at the end of each video you can have a call to action call to action the call to action could simply be to comment to like to share the call to action could be click the link and opt in to get a download of some sort of assessment tool or worksheet it needs to be simple and easy to digest otherwise they won't use it an ebook is too much for them i mean how many times do we download a uh you know large ebook and never read it right so we want something that's digestible a checklist um you know a safety checklist something like that uh, and then it then the other call to action could be a uh, uh, uh to get onto a wait list so you can be they can be notified when the training begins. So you got the runway couple videos, then we do some pain awareness videos, and then we start the solution videos going into the bullying week. And into the bullying week we do the solution videos inviting them to um to go to a free training, to come to a free training, to come into the dojo, we're going to have a bullying day there. Uh, register for the seminar and whether it's free or low cost we can do that but what's happened now is is we've now used between what is it today's the 11th of 9-11 so blessings to to all that we lost and and yeah. it'll never happen again um you know so it, we we've gone from 9-11 to to say october 15th i don't know what the date would be and we've spent a month warming them up we didn't just show up in October and go, hey, it's bullying week, come on in. And so what we need to do is look at our audiences as a courtship. And we're going to start off with the introduction. We're going to start off, they're going to go to a coffee date, and we're going to get more and more intimate. And now some people are going to stay on the journey with us, and some people are going to bounce off and say, I'm good. I don't need it. But what we really want to do is we don't want to market to anyone or everyone because it's too costly. We want to find that pot of people that we resonate with so we can have a conversation with them. And this is the, this is the way we do it. If you watch my weekly videos, it's exactly what we're doing. It's, it's we're, we're putting a video out once a week on a Tuesday morning. I send an email to my list, but we put it out. We run an ads to it, and we're running low-cost ads. Um, you know, $5 a day to put traffic to it based on demographics. But then I know who's watched all those videos and I say, all right, I want you Facebook or YouTube to take everyone that watched all these videos and put this message in front of them because now they're warmed up. And so if I was doing, if I was building a school, I would start doing a ton of video work because martial arts is, is a visual it's, it's, it's got such a visual thing to it. So we can talk about it, we can write about it, which is fine, but I think that from a visual construct, plus I think that we need to realize that, especially for the parent, the parent has got to feel comfortable with the teacher. And the greatest way, if they're not in front of you, to get them to see you, feel you, feel your passion, feel your caring, is to do it in video. That's why you're doing this as videos, because people get a chance to see your face and the expressions. Mel, let me ask you a question with regards to uh, that then. So, obviously, you know, we went to the solution, right? So, we moved from what you, yep. what you called unaware to pain aware and now solution aware, and we're going to provide that solution. In that solution, what are some maybe some unique ways on why or how 
um, not only just martial arts in general can solve that bullying problem, but my martial arts school can do it better than any other school in town because that's the other thing that we're probably dealing with, um, even though we're the one that's spousing cool. the information. They may go, oh, well, I know, you know, Johnny's friend goes to XYZ place. You know, maybe I should check out and see if they can do what this guy can do. And, and does that make sense? It absolutely does, and we couldn't have rehearsed it any better. Um, because beyond yeah. solution aware is, is the next awareness level, which is product aware, meaning differentiation. Why are you different? Because now, now when people become solution aware, they start investigating. They start looking at the different solutions. Like you said, I see, you know, John's dojo over here. Dwayne's is here. Ali's, Ali's is here. We're, we're, you know, what's the difference? And, and in the consumer's eyes right now, at the solution where level, a solution is a solution is a solution. Now, given what I've gone through in the last 90 days, um, a solution isn't a solution. The right solution is the right solution. And, and so now we get a chance to have a conversation saying, why is your solution so different, unique, and the one that I need? And this becomes part of what your, your core messaging is. As to um, as to how you put yourself out in the world, it, we in in where I had my dojo, we had we had plenty of competition. We had a lot of schools in the area, and so we had to differentiate ourselves between those schools. But differentiation, you know, at when when MMA came out and, and uh, UFC, you know, the whole Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, was a differentiator for a little while because because the, it was new to them. But mm-hmm. uh, there's so much Brazilian jiu-jitsu out there anymore. A Brazilian jiu-jitsu school, if that's all you're saying, we do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, there's no differentiation. The question is why are you different? What are you doing differently? And, and what is it about that? Now, in this case, what you can do is the differentiation may be the system, it may be your teaching process. Uh, I was just in a bar, a, uh, a, you know, uh, uh, a uh, jiu-jitsu school, and, and I didn't realize they did this until they took me in the back and showed me that every single school in the world has the curriculum, and on the same day of the week, they're all teaching the same thing. So you go into any school around the world, and you're going to be taught that same technique. And I go, that's really cool. That's really systematic. That's really an interesting thing, which is a bit of a differentiating point, saying, look, we welcome you in all these different schools, and here's the great thing, that when you go to that school, guess what? You're going to learn the exact same thing. It's as if you didn't miss a, a, a thing. So... When they're solution aware, now we can look at what's our differentiation. I'm going to tell you that most of the time it has nothing to do with the style. It's going to be the teaching system. It's going to be the process. It's going to be the teachers. You know, some of it might be credibility if you're a world champion, this and that. But that only goes so far because you can you, listen. We've got great players that in in many professional sports that never transition to being a good coach or a good teacher. So. Uh, just because you're a good performer doesn't mean that you're a good coach or teacher, that the outcome becomes important. The easiest way to prove your differentiation 
is through case studies, examples of your students. And one of the things that I would do is, is again, when I had my school, you know, we didn't have the, the ease of video as we do today. I literally would interview my students mm. and the parents, and I would cut them together because watch what happens. I run ads to my initial videos, and these people watch the, the first one or two or three videos in the three levels. Now they're solution aware, and I take the testimonial ads that I did the interviews with my students and their parents, and I run those as ads in front of those same people because now they're sitting there going, I know the solution. I just don't know what's different. But instead of me running the case studies, they get an ad in front of them, which is a short one-minute video, two-minute video, interviewing uh, one, of your, one of your students, your parents, and having a conversation about the differences and the changes and what they learned and, and all that. Now, all of a sudden, you've got this testimonial that's running in front of them on a regular basis. We use the exact same process in my... Uh, consulting my, my thought leadership business is that they come in, we're warming them up with my weekly content. We take everyone that's watched that weekly content. When I'm going to do a webinar to, 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 to move them through, we put them into the webinar. We, we send them an ad to say, register for the webinar. You've been watching this content, register for the webinar. Same thing I'm telling you to do. They register for the webinar. Now I need to make sure they show up for the webinar. Interestingly enough, they register to come in for a free training, and that free training isn't going to be for a week. You put an ad in front of them, and just like I do, between registering for the webinar and showing up for the webinar, I put an ad of case studies so they see the transformations that the students have had. And they go, well, if these people got it, the likelihood that they're going to show up for that appointment or for the sure. webinar is much higher. Right. So we use case studies. So at each level, we use different content to make that happen. At that point, they now know they have a problem. They know what the, all the variety of solutions are, and they've seen the differentiation in your world and why you're different. Now they can make the decision. The only thing you got to do at that point is just they're at the tipping point. We just got to put a good call to action with urgency in front of them. Did that, did that answer your question, Dwayne? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, it gives me a ton of ideas, by the way. i got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so Mel, I, I have a question. So, like, we, we've done a call in the past. Um, you probably have read The Purple Cow, the book, right? You know, that differentiator, right? So, like, for example, like, I, I could talk to him blue in the face about, like, I, what I have is a quite a unique thing because I'm a ninjutsu school. And, you know, you trained in Japan. We went to Japan and yep. trained with the, the ninja master there. Um, but uh, so – so that's a big differentiator. That separates me from all the other martial arts styles. There's a very unique feel about what we do. However, the one question is, is like when people don't understand what the differentiator is, right? They don't, like, I could say I'm a ninja. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah, like Ninja Warrior, and they think we're doing obstacle courses, right? Like that kind of thing. So that that is brand awareness. But when people don't connect, like, for example, I could be talking about being a ninja and ninjutsu and all this stuff. And if they're not connecting with that brand, that brand to them means nothing or that that uh, that differentiator means nothing or it could be like we teach self-defense. Well, I don't care. I want my kid to to do uh, something fun, you know, and I'm like, you know, how, how do you break through 
I mean, I know you're telling me videos and all the other stuff, but like what, sometimes is there a shock method, a better way to like snap people? Like I have people that enrolled. I had a mom just recently enroll in my school with her kid, not about four months ago. And I fought with her tooth and nail to have her kid wear her uniform. And eventually we just parted ways just in the last two weeks because she's just like, nah, I don't want him. If I don't bring him in his uniform, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And I said, well, that's not how we do things here. And then they ended up being mad at me and, and then quitting, and actually I, I said to, I let them out of their agreement. So, like, how do you get to those people that are just not listening? How do you penetrate through? You give them the content. You're, you know, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. So first, let's 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 be okay with that. We're not going to get through to everyone. I I one of my uh, when I had my school, one of the requirements for testing for black belt was that they had to do a day of community service. Had to do a day of community service, and um, and in the process, they then had to write about the day of community service. What did they learn, and how were they going to carry that, that, that spirit of service forward in their life? And mm-hmm. I had one parent that said, I, ca- I brought my child here to to learn the martial arts and I don't, I don't see the reason for them to do community service and I'm not going to do that. I said, well, in my, in my school, that's a requirement for testing for black boat and, and there is no discussion about it. Uh, it is to- totally your option. And, you know, as I said to me, and we all know this, that it's not the belt that matters. It's the person we become in the, in, in the journey to the belt that matters. And, and uh, they could not see it. I did not test them, and they walked out. And I said, I, we parted ways. When, when there's something, so there, there's two, two things here. I think one is when there's something that, to me, values is, is a huge thing for us, you know, especially in, in, in our training when we talk about the samurai and, and we talk about the martial way and all that. There is, a, there's, there is, there is standards, there's, there's values that, that, uh, we that, that we aspire to, and 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 I think that that these are things that that are not not something that we compromise. And so those people that that don't want to adhere to those values, I think we need to let them go. We're not speaking to them, and they're not our customer. And 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 I'm okay with that. Uh, it, it's it's unfortunate because we know what the outcome of those values and that training and and that work is there's a reason i mean i i hopefully my wife doesn't hear me saying this because i don't make the bed but there's that video out there about the the i think love general that yeah you know and and it's a little thing but it it makes makes a huge difference right and just the same as as wearing the uniform and and how we fold the uniform and what we do those all these things add up to create to create the being. So that's that's one part of it. So then the second part of it is that that we need to get clear at some point what what uh Ali you've got this differentiator being a ninjutsu school is at some point we got to build into the conversation the marketing and the work that you're doing to bring out that not any martial arts is what you need but Ninjutsu is what you yeah. need, and here is why this is different than every other martial art. So, in in a sense, you would create what we would call a thought reversal video, 
where we we are truly looking at things and saying, let me make sure when I talk about thought reversal, it's shifting the perspective to to a different set of beliefs or or perspectives. So what I want them to start to understand is to get more clarity on why ninjutsu is the vehicle, not not where that we're discounting other styles, but ninjutsu itself is the vehicle that they need to be searching for. And and so I think that we need to open that conversation earlier. So that becomes what their their optic of what they're looking for. So I, I would do that earlier in my content and and even answer the question why ninjutsu. And it's not and what is it? Because they probably don't have a clear understanding of what it is and 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 I think that we need to get clear with that up front. So so I, me, I, okay, Dwayne, you go first. Well, no, I was just going to ask, um, that's still true, right, with regards to even after they become a client. We need to continue to educate them on, on why our system, our style, our studio, whatever it is, um, is where they need to, to be on top of, obviously, what you said, that they need to, we need to show uh, that we care for them, but basically we need to reinforce what they bought, right? Yeah, so here's – absolutely, and, and one of the greatest ways to reinforce what they bought is one – one is one of the, the most powerful tools that we have at our disposal, whether you're in business or in a family or you're managing a team or you're working with students, is the word identity. When we give them an identity that they aspire to, and they identify with it, they will, there's a, there's a, there's a psych, psychological element in the, in, in human nature that requires people to stay congruent with the identity of who they believe they are. Right. And so, so when we look at it and now you, you bring them in, like I, I call, like even my people, you, you mentioned my, my, uh, um, Facebook group, Influencers Dojo. Uh, I call I call the people in there uh, DMers, difference makers. Hmm. By giving them an identity, you're a DMer, and they identify it and they take that on. Right. What happens is that is a not a, that that <clears throat> moves from the superficial to a deeper deeper element, and now we continually reinforce and 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 bring them back to that identity. What would a DMer do? What would a, what would a, a, a ninja do? What would, and now because now we're, we're dealing with them at a, psychologically at the identity level, that becomes huge in continuing them on because the, in order for them to be, and it, it happens in anything, you know, I want to be a millionaire. Well, what would millionaire? So you don't become a millionaire by thinking like, like someone that, that makes, you know, 20,000 a year and I'm not ridiculing anyone that makes 20,000 a year. But if you truly want to be a millionaire, you've got to ask yourself, what do millionaires do and take on that identity and do the things that millionaires do? If you want to be someone that makes a difference and is a, a great martial artist um, with the martial way and all that, then we need to take on that identity and do the things that they, want, that they typically do. And so the key, one of the key elements is are we giving our students an identity? identity. And that identity is beyond you're a red belt, you're a a black belt, but something that that they grab onto, that they become of, and that it's harder to 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 let go of. 
So do you think that uh, I, I would say a lot of schools that have a system or, or an organization maybe probably have an identity built in, right? So if, you know, I, I we do um, uh, we do martial arts field trips. So basically in a nutshell, we have a field trip where, I mean, I literally have schools bus kids to me for two hours, right? And I, con- I get all their information because anytime your kid goes on a field trip, <laughs> you know, so, and I'll have, I'll have some of them that are already doing martial arts somewhere else, and they'll say, oh, I, you know, I do, I do karate, and I say, oh, really? You know, and it's, uh, I do taekwondo, you know, I'm, I'm a taekwondo stylist, or I do this, or I'm that, um, and that's what their identity is. Um, do you think that that's good enough, first question, for a studio that their identity is their style or their, or their organization? And then the second question is, what about, schools that don't affiliate with, um, I'm not saying like particularly an MMA studio, but me specifically, I have four arts that I put into our our um, uh, our uh, program to make it more well-rounded. So I'm not, you know, a, a style specific. Yeah, so, so I, yeah, I think a lot of people will create an identity around the style. I, mean, I think that we can go deeper than that by creating an identity within our school itself. Uh, in our school, uh, we combined a couple of systems to create a rounded system. But, for instance, we had our Little Dragons program. So, literally, it's as easy as creating Little Dragons and giving them a title, giving them a name beyond the style of who they are. And what do Little Dragons do? Boom, 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 boom. And now we get them to understand the identity of a little dragon and live into that identity. It's one of the, one of the key management and leadership elements that, that, that's out there is that if we use identity to lead people in, in behavioral change in a behavioral way, that they will feel compelled to live up to it. And so I think we, uh, the, the style and system is as one level, but if we can go deeper to give them a title, give them, you know, whether it's, um, you know, even even for them, if if you ask them, you know, uh, you can do it on a quarterly basis, where you can literally say, what is your identity? What is your identity word? Your your identity word for the quarter could be living boldly. All right. So what does living boldly mean to you and what are the three things that you can do this quarter to show that you're living boldly? Now what you're doing is you're embedding it into their behavior. Does that make sense? And and yeah. allowing them to live into it. Well, I'll tell you that Allie, Allie has programs. What is it like uh, uh, Warriors and yeah. what are your programs? Uh, well, you know? I, I, a lot of the things that Mel's saying, I know that uh, you and I, and I'll say a lot of the stuff you're saying, I pretty much do. However, I don't know, though, if I'm connecting like I should. Now, so, so for example, I'll give you one example. So we have our Little Warrior, um, which my daughter started off in the Little Warrior at 20 months old when, you're, when your son terrorized her. <laughs> <laughs> Even Mel, Jeremy. Mel, 
Mel's son was probably how old, like maybe like nine or ten, and my daughter was yeah. like four, and my he was telling my daughter that there are monsters in the closet, so don't go in your room. And still to this day, my daughter says, oh, evil Jeremy. Now, Jeremy is married, has children of his own. My daughter still remembers. So that's that's some kind of a – that's something that locked into her, right? <laughs> but – um. So, so my daughter was, uh, you know, in this little warrior program, right? And and our little warriors are two to four year olds. And then we send out a series of what we call two, uh, two, four, six, eight, ten week calls, a welcome to the family packet. And I do talk to them that way. I segregate them so that I'm talking to the parent of a two year old, not a general parent of, of two different, you know, what age. And even if they have two kids, one's two and one is eight, I send them out two separate emails with two different voices, two different messages, branding opportunity, clothing, the whole entire thing. Um, I just wonder, though, if, if like somehow I'm missing some layer where I'm really connecting. And I think I'm missing the video portion. A lot of it is written. I have a text reminder. Did you read the email on the text saying, did you read it? It's important. But I think the video is, is the part that I might be missing on a regular basis. But I have Little Warrior, Mighty Warrior, Elite Youth, uh, Adults. Um, they're all broken down, and the messages are crafted to them. But I wonder if it's connecting where I could get the, the value, the, where they could see the value. That's really yeah. where I think I'm, I'm not making that final connection. And 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 the other part of that, I think, would also be that at some point, Little Warrior wants to go to Elite Warrior. You want to right. start bridging the two and create yep. – they, they wanted to be Little Warrior and they're here, but now I want to create the aspiration for them to move here right. by seeding and yep. talking through that because now – and then here. So we're constantly seeding the next level to keep them moving forward because they want to continually grow. I mean, one yeah. of our biggest problems, obviously, is that people think they get to black belt and that's enough. And right, and right. we gotta. I think early on we need to start start seeding the need for this continuity. And that continuity isn't about the belt, but it's about the person and the identity and who you are. Are you a martial right. artist? And hey, what kind I, of martial artist are? I just thought about this. So black belt, I don't know if this works, right? But going along with this is, you know, the end. Everybody thinks it's, everybody thinks it's the end. So maybe when they get black belt, the uh, the label should be uh, or the identity should be beginner black belt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Something like yeah, yeah. where it's, oh, you're starting all over again. Uh, yeah. And nobody wants to end that beginner black belt, right? No. No, I mean, it's, and, and that conversation needs to happen before they get to that point. Right. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. When I, we used to have a saying in our school, what's the quest to be the best? What's our goal? Black belt, right? And then I found that that was a bad thing to keep on saying because the goal was black belt. So we changed it even in the saying, what's the quest to be the best? What's our goal? Black belt and beyond. We just threw that little thing in there to try to pre-program yeah. their minds to think that it's maybe, not the black belt. It's black belt and beyond. Maybe right? it needs, maybe it needs to be, um, uh, never ending training. <laughs> maybe yeah. That's what it needs to yeah. be, you know? Yeah. But I, I think that if we, if we connect it to them about their own growth, their own way, um, you, this is this is where you start to cuz if we can plant the seeds of of early on what a black belt is and isn't and what a martial artist is and isn't 
we we have a better chance of allowing them to stay in continuous form. But I have my original my original black was in Shotokan, and my instructor and 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 you know I feel blessed that I've had some phenomenal instructors still today. When I left and started in in down down the ninjutsu and, and the jujitsu way, I didn't I didn't get ostracized. He literally brings me back to his school and and proudly and says has me teach. And right. and I think that there's a difference between a true martial artist and that that understands the martial way. And I think that that's the message that we're missing in a lot of dojos is that what's the martial way and and doing that. And and I and I don't I, I I love the Gracie stuff and what they they've done, but I I think that in some cases some of those schools the the MMA has taken the martial way out of the schools and created yeah. basically just a fighting way, and so they're right. losing that, and it's all about the competition and beating you know you know what it, to me I don't care whether you win or lose I care about how you play the game and how you show up and the kind of person you become and and all of that because that to me having a trophy, having a medal is fleeting. But the being, what we've created in the process is not. And that's going to carry yeah. within the rest of their lives. And then the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu system is is a culture. That's the one part of yes, the AJ. They're, they're literally like from diet to mentality. My good friend runs a school in Chicago, or not Chicago, but in Illinois, and he's a Gracie affiliate and, and Hoist is there all the time. And it's very much like the old traditional martial arts, yes. but in BJJ. So they've taken those elements, and I, I like that about them. Um, and I know we're kind of running out of time. I know, like, man, I could, dude, I could spend another five interviews with you. You you're, <laughs> see, you see what I'm talking about, Dwayne, when I said, do you have any questions? Yeah. You're like, no, you, you just ask away. Like, Mel is an absolute genius. I mean, and uh, he's always been an inspiration to me. When we were in Japan, the one thing that he annoyed me and, and Randy, our other buddy that he did was we would try to go to sleep and he would literally, so he didn't bother us, would cover himself with a blanket and be up to like wee hours of the morning. We just see a glowing blanket because he'd have his laptop and he was just creating. That's the kind of guy he is, you know, and it was, we had so much fun. It was the greatest, but, um, it so really tell, was. tell, tell our listeners, um, you know, listen, you have, you have a coaching mentoring program, how can someone, if there's, and there's a lot of school owners that will listen to this now and listen to it after the fact and then on our podcast, how do people work with you a little? You know, what would be a good way that, you know, so, they could get in touch and so on and be a part of your stuff? So there's a couple things. First things first, before I, before we go, I want to just say thank you for having me on. Uh, I mean, this is a, it's fun and we'll, we'll find another time to do some more of it. Okay, um, good. The, the second thing is that I, I, I'm going to urge every single one of the folks in your community to to ask themselves, how do I become a thought leader in my community through the martial arts? And then use the tools that we have and the ability to be that thought leader because that will put them at the forefront. The difference is this, is that that someone that has the martial arts experience is great. We all, people that have gone through training, they got studios and all that. That's fine. The question we got to ask ourselves is, am I known for what I know? 
And if our dojo owners are not known for what they know, then they're not thought leaders in the community. So we need to be pillars and thought leaders in the community where when the topic comes up, your name comes to the top. And it's not like I'm on a short list. You become the short list. So that, so just that, that thought process. And to help with that, if they want, I've got my Facebook group called uh, Influencers Dojo where I post uh, videos and we talk about this thought leadership and all that. Um, there's also, I have a, a free training that they can, um, they can go to join, I think join Mel. No, let me just, let me you know what you could, you know, you know what you could do, Mel. You could get it to us and we'll post it in the link above. So if you want, just let us know and right drain, we could post that in the link above afterwards. Right. And we'll also put it on to uh, our, uh, our podcast blog as well. So uh, just if you're listening to this in the podcast, uh, just make sure you go to uh, uh, schoolandtalk.com. And uh, yep. search for this this call. This is um, gosh, what is it? Uh, they are two hundred and twenty first. I think it's almost yeah, two hundred twenty fourth or something like that. It's crazy. No, no, this is two. This well, is two two one, I believe. So two hundred twenty first. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Wow, sweet. Um, yeah, so so there'll be a there'll be a, a a training series that they can go through that talks about this whole idea of market sophistication, being a thought leader, getting to the top of the game, basically becoming a personal brand. Uh, and how to do that, and and for two reasons. One, they get a chance to to learn some of this, get the tools and and some of the worksheets to kind of make it happen, but also to to see in action some of the things that we're talking about. Right. Awesome. Well, and so well, so yeah, so that, that that that's where I would send them. My website is melabraham.com. Very okay. cool. Yeah, I mean, I would love to if if Dwayne is, I'm sure would too as well, to have you back again, maybe in you know a month or so. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm so like, this is the part that gets me, and 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 maybe you could leave off with this, and then we'll get you out of here real quick. So, um, so for the listeners, we always get like martial arts school owners, we get all this information. We, you know, Dwayne and I have taken tons of notes, and now we're back to the drawing board. So. Um, do you have any type of format that you would normally that you teach people with your system that they would follow one, two, three, steps five, six, seven, eight, you know, that kind of thing, following this pattern to be able to become that thought leader, that you know, that person? Yeah, so that's that's my uh I do have a program called Thoughtpreneur Academy. It literally builds builds it out saying, look, there's three things that you need to have to be a thought leader. One, you need to have distinction. So what's that uniqueness that is your unique brilliance and, and DNA? And it would, it'll be beyond just the style. Second, we have to have reach. In other words, we've got to create a community. We've got to create an audience that's specific to us. And third, we have to have the prescription, the prescription to monetize it and build on it. And so it, it builds on those, those three pillars to say, all right, let's, let's, let's become that thought leader by making sure that we're distinct in the marketplace, we have reached to the right marketplace, and we have a prescription to monetize it in that process. So I do have a program. And uh, if they go into that, that training, they can also see about, about that program uh, also. It'll give them the tools uh, to make that happen. But I think the other thing to, to realize is that there's three uniques that we need to figure out. One is what's, what's our are the unique problem we solve? What's the unique, um, what's our unique way in which we solve it? 
and what is unique about me. And when we can speak to those uniques, we start to go a long ways towards building distinction. And there's processes that we can do to, to speed that up, but really that's where we need to, to look at, especially in a uh, somewhat saturated market like the martial arts. Um, if we've got three or four dojos in, in, in a local area, what we don't want is to have our, our, our potential customers, clients, and parents making decisions based on convenience. We want them to make the decisions on what's best for their child or for themselves because they understand that the solution we provide is distinct and that this is a journey that's vastly different than everything else in the community. Mm, good one. Great closing to the people to leave to contemplate all of that. So, so yeah. yeah, Mel, thank you so much. You're, you're awesome. I'm, I'm happy you're doing well and everything is going great. You and I can chat behind the scenes some more. Um, yep. Wayne, you want to close it up and, Certainly, yeah. So, again, thank you, uh, Mel. I just want to remind everyone um, to go to schoolownertalk.com to uh, get any more information about Mel. Obviously, you can go to melabraham.com, too. And uh, at Mel, I look forward to our next conversation, sir. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Dude. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. Have a great day, okay? I'll see you soon. Dwayne, thanks. And, Mel, you're awesome. I'll talk to you soon. You guys are, too. Keep keep Take up care. the good work. Thank, thank you. Bye. That was good. You there still? I am. Okay, cool, bud. Yes, yeah, so we're the recording is done, but the video stopped. So that was great. You did a great job. Sweet. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank I, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we, uh, what we might be able to do next time um, is is I could share my screen and do a little bit of drawing so they can see some of the things we're talking about in a visual way. Yeah, sure. I'd love for this to be able to help you um, and, you know, build yep. your clientele, too. And that would be very cool because at the same time, whatever free info would kind of nurture them down that pathway. But at the same time, it'll help our listeners. Like, that's a good thing, Mel, even working with us. Like, Dwayne and I have been doing, like, what did you say, 200 and something, 20 or 215 podcasts. And we've never well, won. 221st. 221, and we've never really once asked for anything in return. Like, we, we tried to sell some of wow. our programs, and we did, like, a product launch, and we had, you know, some some stuff out of it. But we'd really like to try to somehow and some way monetize the podcast, maybe even get sponsorship or get some people yep. behind it. So uh, because we believe that we've given a lot, but we've never once asked for anything back. So So let me ask you something. One of the things that you might want to start doing just as an offset is is allow, even if you don't have outside sponsors, but let's right. say that, that one of you is doing a uh, um, an anti-bullying program. You can simply say, you know, this, this week's episode is sponsored by, you know, uh, Long Island Ninjutsu's anti-bullying program, da-da-da-da-da, and just go into the, into the, um, the podcast. But you can seed... As if you're, as if you, you know, your programs that you have sponsored. Yourself, so now they know that they, they're sponsored, but they also they become aware of it, right? Uh, in that way, you know, and you can simply say it's sponsored by by uh, Li Ninjutsu's uh, anti-bullying program. If you want more information, go to Li Ninjutsu forward slash bullying. All right, on to the yeah. episode. Boom, and you just go. Yeah. However, however um, well, I get what you're saying, but we actually don't. This is a closed group just for school owners. 
So uh, yeah, but we the did. podcast is, but the podcast yeah. is is on iTunes and everywhere else. Yeah. So it's not right. like it's it's closed per se. Right, but I but I agree you, though. Like just seeding it and saying, "Hey, we're sponsored by Next Level or Elite Websites, you know, Elite Insights websites." So people get the idea that we do have sponsorship. Yep. Yep. And now, are you? Uh, so let me ask you logistically how you do this. So you you record the video, you strip out the audio, the audio goes directly up into uh, into Libsyn or something, and to get it in iTunes, right? Dwayne. Yeah, I use Blueberry, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you do any editing to the audio at all? Uh, I do not, except, well, I do. I mean, I put an intro and I put a, an exit. Uh, right now it's just music. Um, of course, I can record whatever else, you know. But, yeah, we, we, do, so if, we do that. If you just record a handful of, of uh, sponsor type of messaging intros, you can literally just drop it to the opening of, of the podcast before you put it in iTunes and and not worry about the video that's for the closed group, but in iTunes itself, you know, just as much as you're putting the intro in, um, you can you can have a pre-recorded, uh, you know, sponsor. Right. I could even go to write a just, yeah, I was gonna say write a script and put it on Fiverr and have somebody uh, record that too. Yep. That maybe has a better voice than either one of us. Yeah, yep. that's cool. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe, Absolutely. Yeah. And then maybe you request, you recommend maybe saying, hey, and we're, you know, sponsorships available, blah, 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 or not really? Um, I don't, I don't think you need to do that. I think you'll start to, uh, they'll start to get the understanding that um, they're available just because they're that that, that you are taking the sponsorships um, and, and that type of thing. So. So I think that you can you can you can do that, and uh, you'll see Amy Porterfield does this really well with her podcast um, because she knows she's got a promotion coming up. Like she's right in the middle of a promotion for DCA right now, and she'll say, you know, um, you know this is you know this this episode is is brought to you by uh, um, Digital Course Academy type of a thing, and so so I think that you can you can also position your your sponsorship messages based on upcoming promotions that you're doing. Awesome. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah, Dwayne, we should brainstorm about that a little bit. Yeah. My brain's hurting right now, but yeah. yeah well, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I'll let you go, dude. Hey, dude, what is your, what Tesla do you have? Do you have the P70 or the the one with the, the t- no, the I've got the 95. So that's your, the ludicrous speed one? No, I it's just short of ludicrous because I figure okay, cause, ludicrous just gets me just gets me to the grade faster. Yeah, I'm the one under you, so it's the next one up is from us. So, but that's awesome, very cool. I absolutely yeah. love that car. One day we should just talk about our car and you and I chat. Oh yeah, but all right. Oh, yeah. So you're gonna leave me. You're gonna leave me off the call. Is that what you're talking about? You're chatting well, about unless you unless you want to hear us talk about <laughs> uh, talk about Teslas, um, but. Uh, but yeah, dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here with us and Dwayne, awesome as always. So um you guys have a great day. Thank you thank guys. You. Nice meeting you. Talk yep. to you soon. Bye.